with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the well, good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome to Ghost Chronicles and welcome to 2023. I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me is that jolly old chap himself, the gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Steve Parson. Good morning, good afternoon, good riddance. Yeah, there you go. So, anyways, we have a big day today because today we have the changing of the guard, which is... Uh, a big thing in, in, in our thing, the, the outgoing governor of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts does the lonely walk. They open the doors that are only open when the governor leaves, and he walks up to uh, the end of it to change of the guard. So there you go. Well, it's like a walk of shame. No, no, it's a, a, a quite the, the reverse of it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a big deal. They go off with uh, music and uh, and fireworks and gun salutes and everything yeah it's a big deal but yeah uh charlie baker's leaving after uh eight years in office and the america's most popular governor approval rating of about 70 some percent so there you go well, that was, that's nice well done massachusetts yeah i mean whatever, it's difficult whatever. i give it i give it I give him credit because it's he's a republican in a, in a in a blue state so uh that's a remarkable thing in itself to be able to be popular in that. So well, there you go. Means nothing to me, I'm afraid, because I'm British and we don't. Do well, that. I had to listen to your Queen crap. So Queen shit. crap. Yeah. <laughs> Who's got Harry and Meghan? We got rid of them. Oh God, we have Harry and Meghan now. Thanks a lot. <laughs> See, we're not that dumb. You know, he, 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 speaking about that, and it's like, yeah. oh, he's like, oh, it's all about family. It's all about thing. I'm tired of the press and everything. So what's he doing? He does a documentary. Then he writes a book. And he's like, did a press every two minutes. Uh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> You're putting yourself out there. <laughs> you know, get over it. That's the new generation, isn't it? That's what they do. No. It's a we American. Our, we demand American our privacy. On Netflix. Yeah. yeah. And my book. And whatever else. There you go. Whatever. Yeah. He's joined He's joined the uh, elite, though, because you and me have got books. Yeah. And by the way, I, I watched like, the first two episodes of his Netflix thing, and that was like the most boring thing in the world. The first one was, you know, cute infants, you know, like uh, how they met and all that stuff. But then after that, it gets so freaking boring. It's like, oh, my God, I, I can't even watch it. In fact, we stopped in the middle of it. Well, well, like, you've done better than me because we haven't watched it. Well, you're not missing much. I'll tell you that right now. Anyways, we are trying to get a hold yeah. of uh, Dr. Cal, who seems to be stuck in the tank. Maybe can't get the lid open. I don't know. Well, I sent him a message yesterday, and he assured me he would be here, but... That's, can he tell yeah. time? I, you know. Yeah, but you know, it may be a family thing. Maybe you know, I don't mm. know. Sure. I but, think he's stuck in his tank. 
He he's, could be stuck in the fish tank. You know, you know, could you be get in there. He, he could be floated ass up face down in the fish tank. Yeah, it could be happening. You have to call nine one one. Yeah. We should he do won. that. Do you have? Wait, wait. You don't have nine one one there, do you? Isn't it something else? Yeah, we have nine nine nine. But in the UK, nine, but in the UK, because we have American visitors who are American, we also nine one one works. Oh, really? Yeah. And we have another one as well now, but I can't remember what that is. We can you can text your emergency services. There we go. Uh, on my <laughs> way. Dr. Cooper will be joining us momentarily. Oh, we are so lucky. I, so he's not I dead. Wish I, I wish we could play some music uh, for him, but, uh, well, uh, well, when are you at this? But I think. So uh, enjoy your uh, holidays. Um, yeah, I guess. Did you get all your power back and everything? Yeah, the tree got, the, all the decorations came down Boxing Day. Boxing Day is the 26th of December for Americans. It's the second uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, reserve Christmas Day. Um, it's called Boxing Day in Ireland. It's St. Stephen's Day, uh, but it's it's a fairly, it's not a holiday that's celebrated in America. No? I guess because you have Thanksgiving just before Christmas, which we don't have because we don't thank anybody. Although, yeah, strictly sure. speaking, ha- Thanksgiving is a British should be a British holiday because it was the British settlers thanking the Native Americans for the discovery, oh, no, 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 no. For the discovery they, of turkeys. Now, they're trying to get rid of that. It's going to be uh, Native American Day because we, we evidently, I don't know. But historically, wasn't it, wasn't it the settlers, the British settlers? Well, no, no. I wouldn't call them British settlers. I would call them the British outcasts that's. I reckon, yes, that's what I would say. Yeah, not British settlers. It's like, oh, right, we are I'm, so I'm, no, I'm cool. we, we, we sent people over to it. No, you tossed them. I'm, I'm cool asses with that. We, you know, we sent our convicts to Australia. We sent our like cast to America. That works. You know, Australia doesn't exist. Only to flat earthers. Have we got one yet to come on the show? No. Oh, they're, they're afraid to. They they might fall off. I've got off. a list of questions for the flat earthers. Mm-hmm. You had you had a great. Uh, by the way, I. I of that uh, proposal that you made that, uh, you know, somebody fund the flat earthers to go yeah, to see it. That would be you a know, hell of a documentary. Get I Netflix, mean, I'd watch it. I'd watch get, it. Get Netflix, Amazon or Discovery with their huge budgets and fund an expedition of flat earthers to the edge of the earth. I mean, that would I would be watch awesome that, television. quite frankly. I'd like to see the look on their faces when they sail away over the horizon and then you turn 180 degrees and they sail back towards you. No, don't know that. They would fall off the earth. <laughs> I've got a list oh, of questions. What for... if they got to the edge of the earth and then turned and around and saw themselves? Uh, Maybe it's a time warp thing. Or a mirror. Mm. Interesting. Well, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, we've done Christmas. We've done New Year. Um, yeah, but you had that big old electrical thing that wiped out a bunch of your electrical stuff. I was wondering if you get all your power back. That's what I was asking. Oh, well, we still haven't got the garage back. That's still... Still uh, happening. We're waiting for an electrician. We're booked in for the 19th of January. Oh, gosh. Good. That's exciting. Well, it's a big day in our lives. We get the garage back. Mm. And the indoor gun range. 
So do you actually park your car in a garage? No. Who does? By the way, who does? Much, there's too much crap in the well, garage to put a crap car in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody uses a storage unit. I mean, who really parks their cars in a garage? Well, our next door neighbor's converted his into a gymnasium. I don't doubt it. <laughs> it's speakeasy. You know? it's, it's, it's not, it, it doesn't have any exercise equipment. The gymnasium is just, they just move the boxes and crates around in the garage. Oh, I see. Yeah. Whilst wearing Lycra. Interesting. Have you got the snow blower? Nope. He's on his way. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know where he's on his way from. But, you know, I'm on my way. Could could it could yeah, but the tank could be a long way from from home. You know, That's on my true. way it might take it might take him an hour. Maybe he sailed off the end of the earth in the tank. We'll have to get the real parapsychologist from Savannah to come. Mm. That'd be good because he's still he in would? Savannah. Well, he's in Savannah, but we can't do yeah, it next week. Got, can't do it next took, week because he's got Richard Felix. Oh, really? Oh, excellent. He uh, he took over your role when you were were lost your power, and, and I, everybody thought he was just fantastic having a real psych, parapsychologist on the show. It was exciting. Well, he's uh, got a lovely Welsh accent, you see. Talking yeah, with a really lovely accent. You know, they, they waited on every breath that he yeah. came out of his cute little yeah. mouth. But anyway. He's, he's wowing them in Savannah, which he's fallen in love with. Good, good, good. Apparently. Let him live over here for a while. And <laughs> Well, I, 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 hang on, hang on, message. I'm messaging you all on Skype. Yes. Uh, Who's messing Cal. Who's messing Can we can we add him somehow? I don't know. I could add him if I can do that right now. If I go up to contacts and I okay. click on old Cal. Oh, I see he's green. Uh, and then I could just, uh, just drop him in. Yeah, there you go. The dump. Okay, so has he added it? I don't know. Where, where is he? I thought I added him. Uh, well, I can't. I, I see the trouble is I'm on the phone and changed the app again, so I don't know where everything is. Yeah, I know. My Skype changes stuff around. No. I thought I, thought I added him. Every time I turn it on, the screen's different. Mm. Um, add, uh, add people. Add. Skype would like to find and connect devices on your. Go, go, go away. Go away. <laughs> That's the same thing I had. So anyway, he's out there. And Roy, can you add Cal? He's out there. He's green. So if you can get a, uh, add him. That doesn't sound good. Oh, it says, it says he's added. There he is. Cal, are you here? Yeah. <laughs> Turn your video off. <laughs> there you go. That's better. Bandwidth. Wait a minute. Cal's calling on the phone. No, he's on his computer. I've just seen him. Oh, my phone just rang. Cal always calls during the show. When, when yeah, the, no, uh... that's, Skype, that's Skype messing about that Skype audio. Well, okay, okay. Anyway, he's joined right. us. Good evening, Dr. Cooper. Good evening, Reverend Parsons. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'd hey. be no use to you. I can't talk. 
a uh, very quick one to Cal oh. directly. Have do you get a oh, copy wow. of the Ghost the Ghost Club's journal? I've I've just seen the cover of the latest one and I've got a load of back copies, but I'm afraid right. I don't get it now. Oh, that's a shame because I was going to say turn to the back where there is an interview with Dr. Robert Young. Oh, and it right. gives all of his um, like pronouns, academic pronouns. So, I mean, you you have to identify this to the American audience, you know, because well, that's, that's Cal's baby, so I'm going to pass that one to Dr. Cooper. Well, it's it's not necessarily my baby. I, I think it's just something that the, the public need to be aware of. I, I forever dip in. Just when I get that kind of niggle during the day onto social media, um, and we even have it on a level that we've certainly discussed on this show before, where we, we talk about what's the difference between ghost hunting and in, enjoying spending time in a building and public events and raising money for charity, and what do we mean by the term investigation and what that should produce? And there's people that will idly call themselves an investigator, and yet there's, there's no kind of structure to the process of what they're doing. There's no output. And it, it cannot be called science by any means. The worst level, if we go further up that ladder, are people saying they have qualifications or titles that they don't have. And it's not just specific to parapsychology. Um, we have domains of psychology and other sciences and even medicine where people claim they are doctors, nurses, paramedics in some sort of professional status that they are not and practicing and sometimes getting away with it. We have some people, if we just go back again and stick to parapsychology, that we're fully aware of because of their social media presence, that they do not hold the appropriate qualifications that they do have to either be dealing with um, people in a setting where they, they might need some therapeutic help, intervention from counselling, psychology or psychiatry, or they certainly don't know the physics of what they're doing. And so they shouldn't be calling themselves psychologist, doctor or whatever. And this is a problem we have here. So I have to ask you the, the most important question. Is uh, Dylan Jones a real parapsychologist? If we take the, the kind of the history of parapsychology and how people have termed themselves in, there's kind of this... Um, there's no initiation really within the domain, but we certainly look to each other and understand what has this person got as their, their background. And so for Dylan, he's gone from a media-based Bachelor of Science degree or Bachelor of Arts degree um, at the University of Derby, where they have a parapsychology program and several parapsychologists there and doctoral studies. And now he's moved on to Robert Gordon University. Under the, supervision, uh, under the supervision of Dr. Rachel Ironside, who is a parapsychologist or parasociologist. Her PhD was under Professor Robin Woffert at the University of York. So he's, you know, he's working within the domain in many ways of parapsychology and sociology. Okay. So I guess that was a yes there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to turn to Scott Rogo or Raymond Bayliss, both extremely yeah. well-read well people in the field, both often termed parapsychologists. Scott Rogo had a degree in music and nothing beyond that. Raymond Bayliss didn't have any degrees, but they were both extremely well read and could probably outsmart most modern day parapsychologists with how encyclopedic they were with the knowledge of the topic. OK. So what do you think, Steve? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? I'm, a, I'm, I'm proudly a ghost hunter. 
You are, but you you also have an encyclopedic knowledge of the literature as well. So you know, if you oh, yeah, if you went true. on and did any further qualifications, people would say, "Why bother?" In some ways, you know, you know, th I there's every reason why you should, but there's also yeah. other why, reasons why, why you why should. Bother? Why bother? Yeah, but the the thing with that is is that uh, how do you, for someone like Steve who doesn't have a proper degree, is uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's me say it. I, I'm just a ghost hunter, so uh, evidently he doesn't that's, uh, have that, a proper that, degree. That's my pronoun. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, pronoun. Yeah. So. Uh, how do you determine what life experience or what experience that so that you could call yourself a parapsychologist? Well, uh, Steve, let's go back on that. Steve has a Bachelor of Arts in Nursing and also tells me, was it University of Liverpool you got a Master's in Physics? Yeah, uh, uh, not Liverpool. Where was the I physics one? It's not in we, physics. We can look it up, you know. You, I thought you said it was in physics. Where's the Master's from? It's engineering and physics. It's actually from, specific. It's actually specifically fluid dynamics. From uh, that would be so long ago. Who was the governing authorities back then? Um, I'd have to look that up. I'd have to look at the top of the certificate. Ooh, we caught Steve. Oh, come on, don't tell me there's only one copy of the dissertation. Is it your mum's? No. <laughs> Oh, it's just it's that. just I can't remember who, because I haven't seen the I know where the certificate is. <laughs> um I just can't remember the exact name of the um what do you the examining board or the overseeing uh, okay, so I'm guessing what's going on there was that there's like two or three collaborating some... colleges and polytechnics linked to a university, which sometimes happens. Correct. So we, one of our it recent was actually, um, it was actually done at Halton. Mm. Uh, Holton College, but it was affiliated and overseen by, and I can't remember who that was. But it didn't the matter. Why he calls himself a ghost hunter? <laughs> yeah, because my qualifications are primarily vocationally gained. The first three parapsychology doctorates produced at the University of Northampton were validated by the University of Leicester because we didn't have um, yeah. PhD rewarding status yet. Um, that didn't happen until 2005. Um, remember, had, these, these qualifications were gained in the 80s. Mm -hmm. so I, thought it was then, more recent, I, mean, I thought it was more recent that you got that. The, um, because I you were telling the, uh, the, the MPhil comes from Liverpool. Oh, you did, I knew about that one, but I, I wasn't yeah. thinking to mention that one. That was one that they sent you because of where the, yeah. the level the PhD had got to. So, again, for the right. listeners, Steve was writing his PhD. His supervisors went to different institutions <laughs> and his PhD was floundering. <laughs> so it was just stuck in the middle. And so they've sent yeah. him the halfway house degree, which is the Masters of Philosophy. Yeah. A halfway house degree? Well, you, you, get it for, sign... you get it just for going. <laughs> like a, it's, it's like an attendee, a good attendance award. Good attendance award. Okay, I got it. No, the, the yeah. Participation had, award. Yeah, well, the problem I had with the early days of the PhD itself were um, the supervisors kept disappearing. Because mm -hmm. it's paranormal. What do you want? That's true. <laughs> and, so the, well, because the PhD is predominantly physics orientated and they kept lumbering me with psychologists who didn't understand the physics, it got a bit confusing when it came to supervision. The first supervisor was somebody called Dr. Kieran O'Keefe. 
Um, I heard him. Yeah, he 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 yeah. vanished off to uh, Buckingham, Buck, Buck, New Bucks University. I, I heard he's got a pair on island though. Then I was given to uh, Doctor Simmons Moore, who left and zoomed off to America. Then Doctor Matthew Smith legged it and tried to encourage me to go to Manchester University, which I wasn't going to do. Um, and then I was sort of left in limbo. Mm-hmm. Sad, so, sad story. And and now I'm going to save them. We'll pick up the pieces <laughs> and get it finished. <laughs> yeah, you said but the the earlier qualifications, uh, which are actually more extensive than 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 you just mentioned, uh, were all vocationally gained through because back then you could go to work and study in where well, you were sent to study one day a week, two days a week, plus evenings. And then you sat exams and they were accredited through uh, exam boards who were affiliated to, um, I think it was actually even groups of universities. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't know about your chemical engineering one. I just knew that you said that you had one in, in physics, which I thought was more recent from the University of Liverpool. Uh, I've got that no. The University no, of Liverpool, well, there is a second part. <laughs> that might actually be the second because there's fluid dynamics and there's process, industrial process measurement and control. Mm. Um, the nursing one was overseen by Liverpool. That was uh, the World School of Nursing, which was the University of Liverpool. But then I don't know. I can't remember which one because there are several, as you know. There's the University of Liverpool. There's the University, University of Liverpool School of Medicine. There's Liverpool Hope University, Liverpool John Moores University. And it was so long ago, I can't remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So going back to um, Dr. what Ron Robert said. Young. <laughs> well, no, well, so Ron has just asked... Um, you know, um, what would justify someone? So there. Are, let's take just the SPR for now, because we, we know there are different organisations. We've just mentioned the Ghost Club and there's ASAP and other places. When someone has been so well read in the field or they've practically made it their life's work to write and do research, they will more so get referred to in the media and radio, things like that, anything as, you know, we have got, and it's easier to just say parapsychologist. Morris Gross was often called a parapsychologist, um, I've seen other people be called a parapsychologist as well. When you know they've not gone through this formal training, but you know they're going to be speaking from a seat of knowledge that's the exact same works as the academics as well. And I've always said there's two routes you can go in and both are perfectly fine. Either just be part of those organisations and read and read and read and do real research where you want to follow a structured method and you want to present the outcomes to be challenged. So some peer review or go down the academic route, whether you ultimately end up staying being an academic or not. Those two are acceptable. It's that middle ground where you you seem to want something from this, you know, fake status. There are many online bogus qualifications and paper mills. And it's very odd when people try and do those, they throw away several hundred dollars or even a few thousand dollars to get some of these courses. I don't know. That's That's been happening. What about... Yeah. Uh, you know, for instance, the Ryan Institute with Lloyd Arbeck issues a, a degree in, 
Oh, I'm trying a certificate, I guess. Is it a certificate or a degree now? I yeah, there's no degrees there. So that the, there'll be certificates of attendance, engage, engagement, continued professional development, whatever you want to call it, because they so, do online workshops and courses. So they're not degrees, but they are um, educational programs you can take part in. So could you call yourself a parapsychologist if you took a certificate from the Rhine and Deloitte? Um, no, that they are continued professional development. They're useful. They can be used for your CV. They can help you with further education. If you were going into a university and you say, look, I, I took on the Rhine courses, the University of Edinburgh offer one of those through the Coesler Parapsychology Unit. They have a foundation certificate in parapsychology. Oh, if cool. you do, the, do their program where you engage in the workshops and you get involved in the discussion groups, you get a foundation certificate. But it's made very clear that this isn't a formal qualification in parapsychology, it's to show that you sat through some formal lectures and got involved in the discussions. You know, so you've been a part of what, you, what you're saying there, because I've seen it with uh, the School of Parapsychology and other organisations who offer these courses more, more and, and with reference to Dr. Young, um, one of the things he uses on his CV is he's an associate of the Rhine Research Centre. Um, they, they know about that. Yeah, much like, because like the SPR, like the Ghost Club, ASAP and other, you can join, you can, you can join these organisations. You can pay your mm-hmm. pay your membership money and join, but that's not. An, but they use that then, um, like they have uh, done one of Kieran's courses or one of uh, Lloyd's courses. Uh, they, you know, I've seen people. There was a guy who used to have an, an internet radio show who'd done, you know, several of the School of Parapsychology courses, and was touting himself as a parapsychologist on that basis. Uh, yeah. You know. They they use these certificates as as accreditation. In fact, it happens. It happens with parascience as well because parascience. Yeah, I was going to say, does it happen with ghostology? Yeah, it happened. Well, it happens with parascience, not ghostology, because I make it very clear that there is no accreditation attached yeah, to. Yeah, that's because you make uh, it clear. It doesn't mean people won't claim it. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I usually jump on them fairly quickly if they try. Okay. But I, I, I have noticed that there are several people who put down on their CVs that they are members of Parascience. Now, Parascience is respected in the UK um, for the work it has done. It's recognised by, you know, by its peers and by academics for being a good quality organisation, I'm, ple- I'm proud to say. But I, you know, you know, even I don't say I'm a member of Parascience, mm-hmm. but some people, but some people, you know, they they like to um, tell the world of the, you know, accredit uh, of the um, memberships. You see, so many times, of member of the SPR, member of the Ghost Club, member right. of ASAP, like it is a form of status. But these organisations will let you in for nothing. Parascience doesn't, but, you know, the Ghost Club, the SPR are in. Uh, well, we've got to take a break, guys, anyway. So uh, we'll continue this in a minute because I have questions. Anyways, you're listening to Ghost Chronicles International. Steve Passon, special guest, Cal Cooper. We'll be right back.
Welcome to Toginet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978 978- Four five five six six seven eight. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky. The Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal. The Parrax family. They're strange, deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Parrax family. Now we are, because you're welcome to, uh, we're back up for the second half of the first half of the two-hour Ghost Chronicles special radio night, day, whenever you're listening to <laughs> yeah, it. whenever. Yeah, whenever you're listening to it. And our guest tonight is a real doctor, Dr. Cal Cooper. Uh, but he's, is he a parapsychologist? <laughs> uh, well, actually, I, you know, years ago, I was always under the impression that uh, to call oneself a parapsychologist, one had to be a least an associate member of the parapsychological association. But historically, the term, I mean, it was used, you know, back in the 20s uh, and the 1930s, uh, not the 2020s and the 2030s, which we haven't got to yet. But back in the 100 years ago, the term parapsychology was actually used quite often interchangeably uh, with with Ghost Hunter. Mm. Harry Price did it several times, uh, and he referred to, in his quest to get academic or academia interested in uh, serious study of paranormal subjects, ghosts and hauntings and poltergeists, because, I mean, there, again, poltergeist was a term that Price used in lieu of ghost on so many occasions. Yeah. Um, and parapsychology or parapsychologist was a term he 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 used for people who pursue those lines of inquiry. So it's not a new term. It it certainly didn't come about with the Rhine Institute and um, J. B. Rhine, the father of parapsychology. It was in it was you know fairly regular use before then. And as I said before, as I said, the start of the uh, uh, coming back from the ad break. I always was under the impression that to become a parapsychologist, you had to be um, a member of the PA. But Mm. it seems to have gone back the other way now, where um, parapsychology is seen as a more credible term for someone who studies the phenomena. Mm. 
So let me um, ask Kelvin if if you know the in psychology, not even parapsychology, but psychology. Can you call yourself a psychologist even though you don't belong to the whatever the national governing body is? You you can. You don't even need a psychology degree. Anyone without a degree can call themselves a psychologist, and it's not illegal. But there are various types of psychologists that, if you were to refer to yourself as say an educational psychologist, a clinical psychologist, a forensic psychologist, and several others, it is illegal because you need additional qualifications to get registered as those specific professions. Uh -huh. I hold a title of chartered psychologist, so that's the gold standard of the British Psychological Association, and I'm sure there's the equivalent with the um, American Psychological Association as well. And it is illegal to call yourself and practice under the title of chartered when you are not a chartered psychologist. So I had to be officially registered and seen that I had all the appropriate things to meet that. Now, what Joseph Banks Ryan did um, from the 1920s onwards was he kind of achieved three goals that he wanted to set as a standard for developing psychical research as a structured science using the title of parapsychology. Number one was establish its own in-house journal. So in 1937, the Journal of Parapsychology came out, it's peer reviewed, it was published through Duke University. William McDougall was one of the first um, co-editors of that, and they would accept any replication studies and any null findings. By 1956, they'd established the Parapsychological Association. That was meant to be a governing body that if you joined up to that, then it's officially registering you as a parapsychologist. And by 1969, the PA gained status with the American Association for the Advancement of Science as an affiliate member, and it still is to this day. So it is recognized by the AAAS as a branch of science. The problem is not every parapsychologist known to today is a member of the PA. So it doesn't work across the board to say that, well, if you're a member of the PA, you're a parapsychologist. There are some parapsychologists that don't subscribe to being members of the PA. So it's very hard to control it like that. And there's no legality to it either. It was an attempt to put everyone under a protective umbrella, but it doesn't work. And, you know, it's much the same in, in, in uh, nursing as well, because I know a lot of people who um, are in healthcare and they call themselves nurses. I'm, I, I know, you know, people that we would know have referred to themselves as during my nursing career and that that's perfectly fine they can nurse people um, but to be a registered nurse which is what my qualification is is a legally protected legally defined um, which you have to sit exams for and you have to um, you know go through registration processes and re-registration processes so I, I'm guessing well I'm I'm not guessing at all. Um, you know, I'm taking from this that it's exactly the same with uh, psychology uh, and parapsychology, that the term itself is meaningless until you define it into a role. Yeah, it, it crumbles really quickly, as you, as you know, when we get these individuals that have gone in that grey area in the middle getting silly qualifications. Yeah. Everybody knows Ooh. each other and where they're based. And if they don't know who that person is, they'll know who they're associated with through where they're based. So, for example, I've got eight PhD students under me and seven of them are dealing with parapsychology. And so I would call them already parapsychologists because they are involved in a major project that's going to get them a doctorate. They're immersed in the literature. Not all of them have backgrounds in psychology. They've taken on this PhD with a mix of other 
uh, types mm -hmm. of qualifications, say in creative writing or economics and things like that. But they've met mm -hmm. all the standards to say they can sit down, they can do the legwork, they can read, they can get this done, yeah. they'll do it right, and they'll be a good PhD candidate. And and so they're immersed in that kind of literature. So absolutely parapsychologist. Um, but the moment you meet someone that's got a fake online qualification, it'll crumble because you'll say, oh, who, you know, if you've got this calling themselves a doctor, who are your supervisors? And they're unknown names. Okay, well, what's the institute? Don't recognize it. Well, who are your examiners? Who, who were there at your viva? Didn't have one. What? It, it, none of it makes <laughs> any sense. Thesis? Yeah, only where is your copy. thesis? <laughs> you know, there, there, is a <laughs> there is a repository in the United States and in the UK and in other places that when your PhD is done, a PhD or EdD or any other kind of doctorate is public information. It's publicly accessible unless you embargo it. And you can only really sometimes get an embargo for no more than two years. Then it has to be publicly accessible. Mm -hmm. But they have these repositories. In the UK, it's called Ethos. If it's not on there, alarm bells ring massively as to whether you're a doctor. I thought there was another repository, wasn't it? Your mum's sofa. Your mum's back of your yeah, mum's sofa. One, one I, I, I have a question about something you said earlier, Pakal, and, and regarding, I think it was, you know, we've gotten away from it, so my mind travels. Uh, but I believe you said it was at your university where they offered a certificate in something uh, to do with parapsychology. I no, that's, we were talking about the University of Edinburgh and they do a foundation okay, certificate you. in parapsychology. Foundation. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so what what type of uh, studies would they be doing under this certificate? Just uh, None. There's about 12 lectures and you have to go online and watch them live and you'll be in a group of other people that are attending. Um, you have to engage with question and answer, and that's it at the end of it. Um, your engagement is checked to make sure you're there for everyone. And then you get the certificate to show that you were part of it, you attended and you engaged. So it's a certificate of attendance so, and engagement and um, continue professional development. What subjects, CPD. though? What's, what subjects? What? Oh, a variety. That They're all guest lecturers from around the world in parapsychology. So I don't know if Lloyd Auerbach might be on there for ghosts and apparitions, but certainly Dean Radin, Cardenia, okay. and many other known figures. So, so to, to, to pick up on Ron's point, though, there is uh, people on social media, recognised ghost investigators in the UK, um, you know, with with a big following whose qualifications have been gained from organisations such as the Institute of Parapsychology uh, and and others. And you can you can actually have a look at the the core structure. And you find that uh, within the course structure, there are modules on uh, psychic healing, uh, spiritual cleansing, um, dealing with exorcisms. Uh, it's all very, very new age. And they award uh, an accreditation certificate that actually call, you know, refers to the person as a qualified parapsychologist. Mm -hmm. And uh, these these qualifications to the lay person, uh, and there, there was a there was a local paranormal team set up here a couple of years ago, and they I remember uh, I remember <laughs> <laughs> yes because you were uh, involved on I, fringe I, I, got I, I think I got blocked for asking yes, <clears throat> but what one of them um, one of the people in, involved realised that they wanted to do it seriously. 
And so they went to one of these organizations in good faith and took the course, uh, sat through all these modules in uh, crystal healing and psychic development, psychic. They were all very psychically orientated. Um, and thereafter were calling themselves a qualified parapsychologist. And it was at the point when you and others were trying to say, whoa, actually, you've got a certificate and a title that's meaningless, but well done for trying. Let us try and help you and guide you in the right direction. Um, we got rebuffed and blocked. You're but, being bullies. <clears throat> yeah, we were being bullied. Uh, bullied. <laughs> but, but what's interesting is in the broader paranormal community, um, those qualifications and those uh, titles are accepted and people revere them. You know, oh, wow, you've got a, you're a real parapsychologist. And that just adds to the confusion that, you know, people are spending their money on these fake qualifications and then using the titles afterwards with good intent. You know, I don't I don't doubt that the people involved, in fact, I knew two of them, um, you know, it was done with every good intent, but completely misdirected. Mm. Um and then, you know, they didn't like being told that. That wasn't really down to you and I. That was down to a third individual whose methods of telling them was possibly not, <laughs> not very tactful. Well, in a china shop. <laughs> so I, a question regarding that. Uh, first of all, I understand that because, you know, I'm a lord, right? I have the title of lord, yeah. but what the <clears> hell did that get for that? I mean, but anyways... You mentioned about crystal healing and, and some of the the mm. spiritual they were subjects. They were yeah, all okay. spiritual. Okay, so so just say let's just take crystal healing. Now, can't parapsychology uh, study crystal healing healing as a doctorate? Someone could take that on, yeah, but um, in, in a kind of standard course on parapsychology, the closest we get to looking at healing is called D-Mills, and it's direct mental um, influence on living systems. And it's more so about um, people claiming hands-on healing and stuff like that. And when you get to the mm -hmm. far outside of that, that's when you start to be looking at, you know, the uses of incense and crystals and things like that. It's very new age that parapsychology is not really put to the empirical test, really. It's more so hands-on healing, and it's hands-on healings without people to show that, you know, healing isn't just necessarily a placebo because someone knows they're having a healing. What if you do something to put blood cells under strain or seeds or mice and then have control conditions? How would they be succumbed to a placebo effect? And so crystal healing and so forth, it is, as Steve said, it's very new age stuff. You don't find that typically in parapsychology. But someone could come in with the intent of looking into the history of parapsychology and then putting crystal healing to a new empirical lab study as a you PhD. You find yeah. within the, within the um, health research that, that there have been studies into some of these, uh, the efficacy of some of these healing techniques. Um, Specifically, um, <clears throat> Reiki was one that I'm aware of. Bygone. Um, yes. Uh, and one, one or two of them have actually been moved into a, a 
a, a kind of bizarre hinterland between conventional medicine and alternative medicine where they recognize that there is a positive effect of the therapy on, on an individual and so conventional medicine will sometimes prescribe it. And I'm speaking specifically here of um, acupuncture. Um, during my time as a registered nurse, uh, I was sent off. Well, I wasn't sent. I was volunteered um, to do and learn the art of acupuncture because it was found to be effic efficacious uh, for some individuals irrespective of how it worked uh, and there were studies into how it could work but the fact that the majority of people who were um, prescribed acupuncture therapy found it to be beneficial and so the the NHS the National Health Service here in the UK decided that it was worth spending money to send people for these particular therapies right it's also uh covered under uh <coughs> most of the health plans in the uk in the us as well yeah but there so have studies they have been studies area. yeah but there have been studies on prayer and healing i do know that uh i know at least one study so i mean if yeah. if you could do studies on that type of thing you could probably be studying on any of this uh, what we call super and when does pseudoscience become science? When, when is well, that? It's, it's, it's not necessarily pseudoscience if you're putting it under a known methodology to test it, and that's what then becomes empirical science. But again, the, the hands-on healing or hands-off healing, the crystal healing, it's an extreme niche in new ageness that could have <clears throat> or you could make a clear case for an overlap with parapsychology. In a standard course that's teaching you the basics, the history of parapsychology and what it looks at, you would not really find no, that within it's there. It's far too specific, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, you but know, you can get but, like people like, but you can get people um, like Dylan who's getting a degree in in basically media and and uh, yeah, but again, of, that it's it's a niche, but he's made it a clear overlap to look. Here's the investigative techniques for field investigations and what you're meant to do. But this is how the media is pushing it. And his background is media. So he's going in at a very niche angle within a PhD. So that's a very fine filter down to here is a problem we've recognized in the media and its output. How does it relate to the science? So he's yeah. not doing science in terms of the, the, the investigation or analysis. He's looking at how people have portrayed oh, it on television and other places and what problem it's causing. Okay understandable yes all right so yeah go back I mean, to go back to the ghost club thing then so what's the yeah. issue there you've read the article i haven't it's not the article oh yeah that's itself. the beginning of the show <laughs> it's, it's it's not the article <laughs> itself it's the ghost club um have done an where well, you know there is an interview with it's over several pages there is an interview with dr robert young and it it commences by uh giving his background and his titles and his qualifications and the uh, the affiliations that he has, which coming from the Ghost Club struck me as being a little odd because they are accrediting him because they're not fact checking these these titles he's using. If the institutions, quote unquote, have been given away, then they're very quick to check. 
Well, what um, one of them would be, um, which he doesn't mention anymore, his BSc from Belford University in Parapsychology, which online is stated as closing down because it caused so much fraud in their qualifications. They owed millions back to the people that took the courses. Unfortunately, the magazine, I could wow. actually read you the, the uh, but uh, it, it would take a few minutes and we're running out of time. Oh, not that far out, are we? Well, if you can chat amongst yourselves for about two oh, minutes, I'll go, I'll Yeah, go you, you do that, because Cal wants to know. <laughs> I, okay, I, I am leaving this conversation for about two minutes. That's fine. Because I, I actually, you know, when I, I called Steve and I said I wanted Cal on the show again, because when we had you on the Next Generation show uh, a while back, you were mentioning you some work on uh, with funeral directors. Yes. Yeah. And I found that intriguing. And, and you said there were more things and, and I wanted to explore that more with you. So uh, maybe we could arrange that sometime. Either come on this show or the other show. And if you want to discuss that particular. Topic, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's still early days and it links really well to our research on after death communication. So more so mm -hmm. looking at those ones that might be linked around bereavement. But you have people that um, encounter the dead soon after they died that don't necessarily know that person. So it's not always an instance of bereavement. Uh, bereavement um, and so that ties in well with the people working in the funeral industry from um, funeral directors to coroners morticians and so forth where they have no direct emotional connection with the people that they're dealing with with the cadavers and yet they could have apparitions seen within the funeral home of those individuals before they even turn up in the private ambulance sense of presence phenomena they see apparitions of people they don't recognize there was a fantastic phd though a very short one done at Saybrook University when it was back at the, it was called the Saybrook Institute then by Joanne McMohan, who has had a long time association with the Parapsychology Foundation in New York. She did this at Saybrook, which is in San Francisco. Um, and it was on site experiences in the funeral industry. And she literally went around, I think it was 50 um, funeral directors and coroners to ask about their experiences and 40 out of the 50 had had them. And she recounts yeah. some very interesting stories that some of them had had. Is that <clears throat> um, it, it should be. Again, doctoral theses and any other research degrees are publicly accessible. So if you search the title, um, you can request a copy of it electronically from Saybrook University. Awesome. I'm back, boys. Oh, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, yes. Uh, but anyway, yes, carry on. OK, the, the article is entitled Interview with a Ghostbuster. Two Ghost Club members chat about paranormal research. Dr. Robert Young is a metaphysic, metaphysicist, parapsychologist, and ghost <clears throat> He is a member of the Ghost Club, a faculty member of the American Institute of Parapsychology, a field investigator for MUFON, and a member of the Scientific Coalition for Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Studies. He is the founder of the British Ghost Society and the Office of Parapsychological Studies and is the author of two books, Parapsychology, Ghosts and Hauntings, and more recently, Apparitions, Hauntings and Poltergeists. Dr. Young can be contacted at. So then then follows, obviously, the interview. Which that, so that was the part that struck me. How, as being, how is, wait a minute, how is he involved with ufos and is that kind of like a shotgun effect 
Very few people ever did that. I mean, you've got people like Rogo who was interested in um, ufology and he got involved in it. He did write on it, but he was making his whole living from it. He was writing on all kinds of parapsychology and 14 phenomena. He started off writing on vampires. There was um, another guy, wasn't it, who did, uh, who did parapsychology and the UFO? Um, Manfred Kassiri. That's it. Um, yeah, parapsychology and UFOs. Yeah. I think I've got that right. Manfred Kassiri, isn't it? Is that how you pronounce it, Kassiri? Something like that, Man- Manfred, yeah. yeah. I, I know, I, I've got the, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and, and his background, his background was Egyptology, funnily enough. Oh, wow. Just this appearing in the Ghost Club Journal struck me as being, um, I mean, the interview itself perfectly valid, but it was the accreditation of the start. There's a few there that I'm already aware of. I mean, you've already mentioned that you can join the Rhine Research Centre. That doesn't qualify you for anything, but it sounds fancy if you use it. The American Institute for Parapsychology. The, the American Institute for Parapsychology, I'm not aware of. Um, it's not really within the domains of parapsychology. I believe it had something to do with, is it Andrew Nichols or something like that? His name is, who I think is very much questioned in terms of his place in parapsychology. Um, Barry Taff is someone that would know more about that. He has spoken about those issues before. Um, the Office of Parapsychology in Derby is um, Mr. Young's house. Um, so there's the office a few of parapsychological there. studies mm. and i don't know about the british ghost society strangely i don't know much i've never that. heard of that he founded them so you should know yeah. well actually i think the british ghost society and the other is also something to do with dr steve mera or is it professor mera now <laughs> no i mean Again, I'm very surprised for the Ghost Club because, you know, it's, it's it's an issue that even though Steve and I are aware of it, it's not like I'm dealing with it every day. It's something where we've questioned the titles and the institutes and it takes seconds and then you put it to bed. It keeps coming up in discussions like this, but it's something that with a very simple fact check, you go, that's not right. But you've but both of us have questioned him about it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he's he, he's hence the the joke before about the back of the sofa because uh, I think one of the excuses he gave to uh, Cal was that the single copy of his thesis um, he'd given to his mother and she'd managed to lose it behind the sofa. Yeah, I think we discussed well, that on. on, on that's on when show. we moved away from the metaphysics um, PhD. <laughs> that's not actually a PhD. That the the company that sells you them doesn't call it a PhD. They do call it an an MD something, so for metaphysics doctorate or something, but he claimed he had a legitimate PhD in engineering from a London university that he can't remember where it was, um, which is a shame <laughs> that for four or five years he blanked that time in his life out. So, uh, To hey. be fair, when you asked me the same question earlier, I, I'm blowed if, you know, for 30 something years later, I can remember the exact name of the governing institute for, for my own uh, but here, here we're dealing with a level higher, and so if it's a doctorate, then it's going to be on ethos, and it's not. Oh on yeah, ethos, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm guessing. You know, if I had a PhD, I'd put the certificates on the wall next to the papal blessing. But so I, I have another question now. Uh, the is we're running out of time again. But uh, did I know that one time you, Cal, you were attempting to contact the American SPR? Were you ever able to contact them because they seem to be very elusive here in the states? 
Yeah, things changed hands round about um, 2000 in terms of the management there. And a few people have, have gone in, but they essentially became non-active round about the year 2000. So they're pretty much non-active here in the States. Yeah, their last journal came out in 2004, but I don't think people received it until about 2008 and then nothing after that, really. I mean, okay. they're still registered on the tax returns, which are publicly available as a company, um, still going, but um, pretty much near impossible to get in. They're not producing uh, conferences every year or, or really any workshops that people get to know about. So nothing. It's a very sad state of affairs. But the Parapsychology Foundation, which is a completely different body, um, that was based in Greenport. They have now, oh, I've forgotten what university it is, but all of their collection has gone to a university. Um, and so people can visit there and that's forever going to be preserved. It's, it's moved on a little way. Well, and unfortunately, we have to move on because we've run out of time. Cal, thank you for joining us. And as I mentioned to you, while well, Steve was looking for whatever he was looking for, we'd love to have you come back on the show, either this one or the next generation, talk a little bit more about uh, uh, funeral homes and your interviews and research and involving uh, what's going on there. So, uh, yeah, I'd be glad to. My pleasure. Okay. Good to hear from you. So, as well. Cal, thank yeah, happy New Year and uh, have some mushy peas. And, uh, <laughs> mint sauce. Mint and mushy peas. I love mint sauce and mushy peas. All right, we're going. Thank, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Poss and Ron Kolick right here on TojiNet, brought to you by our very good friends in Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. You too can become a member from me at three bucks a month. Till then, good night, God bless, and stay safe. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thanks, Cal. Thank you, Cal. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.